Podcast Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. Happy Throwback Thursday. If you're listening to any of our radio stations, you're going to hear a lot more throwbacks, and there are uh, at least four of them, so go ahead, give it a listen, <laughs> and go from there. Uh, welcome to After 9. There's literally a dozen things on my list. So, Kat, today, as we discuss the issues of the day, let's go one by one. How screwed up is the ticket buying process? Yeah. How crazy are concert prices? What happened yesterday with Taylor Swift mm-hmm. was nuts. It, it was. And I mean, the people who got waitlisted, that was one thing because that was the day before. So they knew they were pretty much not going to get it, right? And then the people who got tickets, some of them got in. But it, why don't they list the prices before you even register to be a verified fan? Because they wouldn't have had 31 million people register if people had known it was going to be $600 a ticket. Do you think that's it? So is it a Ticketmaster thing? Like we yeah. want you, because you basically have to sign up to Ticketmaster yep. in order to be in. Mm-hmm. And once you're in, you automatically receive updates from Ticketmaster unless you otherwise pl- say, please don't. So it is like a business move. Absolutely. On this their was part. strategy. Interesting. Hey, go through all the hoops and then on the final step, we'll tell you how much you're going to pay for those seats and they're really expensive. They are. So the, I mean, there's tiers of seats. I think everyone realizes how it's going to work. Um, the, the stuff lower, $600 a ticket plus, plus, you know what I mean? All the fees and all the things. And then you go up a little bit, and then it decreases a little bit as you go up. $500, uh, and then it goes to about $400 or so in the uh, 200 section, and then you go up more. The nosebleeds, basically, um, I mean, you're paying a good amount of money. I think it was like roughly average 250 bucks for a nosebleed ticket, which usually that's like, I don't know. 50, I don't know now, 60. but like that's the thing. And it depends on the artist. I mean, she is one of those artists that can demand more, and her – performance is going to be absolutely massive and the stage it's, it's all very expensive but the stub hub prices those are the resale tickets for those who don't realize you know once they're sold on Ticketmaster, people can take those tickets and do whatever they want you can be a verified purchaser of those tickets and go throw them there and stub hub tickets were obnoxious and i'll give you one very specific example it's for the 100s you're about six rows back $21,000. Get out of here. I know. $21,000 a ticket. I know. It's not the Super Bowl. It's one of six shows. But here's the thing. The show is not until November of 2024. This is the opening show, first show, on the tour in Toronto, right? By the way, all of those were more for resale. Like, it didn't matter when you were buying Ticketmaster, for sure. They don't, they don't count it as being more special to be there the first night. But you bet your butt on StubHub and all the other resale places, way more money on the first night than the other nights. Well, you know, I'd kind of like to go to the first night yeah. because after the first night, it doesn't have the same luster. You know, I mean, most people have already seen most of the highlights on their Facebook or Instagram. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like if you're if you've got tickets for the sixth show, that's very different than if you had tickets for the first show. So I understand why they're charging more. It just it sucks. Do you know how many people? When a big iconic artist like Taylor Swift, Beyonce, artists like that, the generational artists, when they come to town, we get bombarded with text messages and emails from random listeners that will tell us everything from my kid is dying, make a wish, can't get tickets, or uh, uh, my kid just lost a parent and all they want is to see Taylor Swift. And I'd love to be able to help these people, Mm -hmm. but they don't have thousands of dollars for a pair of tickets and and there's no way to get them. I I just wish that there was a better way. I I just feel like if we think about this long enough, 
We can go back to the basics and come up with a better way of doing concert tickets. We had to buy tickets. We're giving away tickets. We bought them. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. It's yeah. nuts. Uh, okay. Let's not talk about Taylor Swift for the rest of this podcast if possible. <laughs> Deal. So much. It's like all consuming from the, is she going to do a show to, oh, now she is. Now tickets are on sale, but oh my God, they're expensive. Yeah. I'll be glad to pass that one off. Uh, another grocery chain has just had a massive cash windfall. Cat Metro says its third quarter net earnings were up 26% to $346.7 million in one quarter. Are they going to claim that's in their pharmacy section too? They're such, they're so <laughs> full of shit. They made $275 million in the same quarter last year, $346 million this time around. Metro says sales hit $6.43 billion in the quarter, up from $5.87 billion the year before. How much longer are we all just going to be polite and say, oh, well, supply chain, this, that. They're gouging us. How are we not? Why are people not angrier? How did 31 million people sign up to spend $600 on Taylor Swift tickets, but people aren't outraged that a banana is like triple the cost of what it should be at the grocery store? It's crazy to me. Where are our priorities? I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know where we're at. It's it's hilarious to me. Like some people don't and some people are just not in that space. You know what I mean? I saw Did you see? I tell you, you follow Kim Kardashian. Do you? I do. OK. Did you see her post yesterday? Was she so, in a bikini in it? Because if not, I probably just scroll. No. OK. So she was sta- <laughs> she was she was standing. I'll, I'll tell you because maybe you did just scroll. So she was standing behind very sexy. No um, equipment. Uh, health uh, equipment. It looked like an MRI machine, basically. Giant MRI machine coming down from a wall and she was promoting a health machine that's a full, it's actually very cool technology. So this is a full body scan that can detect things way before anything else could ever detect them. You can you can detect head to toe what you potentially could have down the line or the beginning stages of this, that, and the next thing. It's life-saving. It really is. It's very neat equipment as I looked into it. She's telling everybody, this is not an ad, guys. I'm just letting you know, like, everybody should be looking into their, you know, health and you should do this and that and that and that. Everybody should get a scan. Scans are $2,500 American. Come on. People in the comments were hilarious. They're like, Kim, we can't even afford eggs. (laughs) (laughs) What are you telling us to do this for? Who is this for? Like, so for some people, again, those kind of things just go not to, I don't mean to target specifically Kim Kardashian for doing that because that happens everywhere. And sure, maybe she actually did save lives doing that. Maybe there's people who are like, yeah, I I should do it because I, whatever, and something great will happen. I feel like they shouldn't attack Kim necessarily, but it's just that concept, right? That concept that we're talking about Taylor Swift tickets over here, but I got to spend this much money on healthy food at the grocery store over there. It's kind of like a mess. Oh, it's a total mess. And I feel like so many people, particularly the ones who aren't impacted by it, are totally oblivious to how much people are struggling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kim Kardashian has not gone to the grocery store and shopped for groceries in a very long, long time. No, not herself. She has no idea. No, no, no. Our politicians, they're all very wealthy individuals. They don't go to the grocery store and shop the way that we shop. Because right now I'm like, oh, I usually get five apples, one for every day of the week. Maybe I'll just get three and like cut it in half or something. Like that's what it's come to for a lot of people. Yeah. Those people that are thinking is this the month that I'm going to have to go to a food bank and get emergency food support? And the rich just can't really relate to that because they've never Mm. been in that scenario. 
Help most people that are doing this have never been in this scenario before, but this is the circumstance that we find ourselves in where everybody is broke. Uh, new documents obtained by the Canadian press about the last census in 2021 show that there were 680 injury reports by staff mm. at the census. When I read this headline, I thought, how the hell did 680 people get injured doing the census? Then I figured it out. It was the people that went door to door mm. to try and collect yeah. census info. Makes you wonder why the government even does this at this point, but more than 280 cases of harassment or violence were reported. At least 15 people were assaulted. Employees were punched, threatened with firearms, spat on, sexually assaulted, and stats. Yep. Who's going what? And StatsCan documented 137 cases of people's dogs being overly aggressive oh. or even biting census workers. I don't know who's in charge of this shit, but stop sending people door to door. Clearly, it's not working. It's a dangerous job. You know, and I think about door to door sales of any kind in general right now. Like people avoid that like the plague and they have cameras on their on their front doors like crazy now, too. Like for us, I'm going to be honest with you. If I look on and I glance on the camera and it's just someone with like a clipboard, I'm not answering the door. Right. Mind you, I did yesterday. Just yesterday. Someone came by from one of the phone companies that we all know, and I won't name names. There's only a couple of them out there. I'm guessing it was TELUS because they came to my door, too. Oh, did they? Yeah. No, this one, this one's Rogers. Really? Yeah. Oh, were they, what was it, home security or uh, upgrade your internet? Everything. Like, just, I don't know. He tried to sell me anything that was possible before I shut the door. But listen, Reseal your driveway? But this, <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's, that's a da- that is a dangerous job, or it could be just a really uneventful job because you're going to get most of the people not even opening the door. Right. The people that do open the door may be aggressive in a way my even even me i politely said like look i'm not interested like in the nicest way like hey thanks buddy have a good day not interested but 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 just you know like down the street here we did this at like i don't i don't care i don't i don't care right i'm not interested well maybe i can convince no i'm gonna shut the door on you and now i feel like a jerk but stop because the com- I think they're very commission-based. And I feel like that's so rude. Mm-hmm. Sending someone out. Now, government's different. But that's all you really have to say there is it's the government at your door. That's even worse. Like, people people react to that even worse. So I'm not surprised. The, the second you say you're with the government, people are like, get out of here. Well, this is the thing, right? You hear government, you think Trudeau or Ford, and the entire population is angry at mm-hmm. one of those two individuals. Yeah. And it's not a safe situation to send them to, clearly, when there was 680 injury reports. A close friend of mine works for the Canada Revenue Agency, and their job is to audit payroll taxes and stuff like that, and then to contact businesses that have not sent in their payroll deductions. For the last few years, this has been functioning fairly well. They either work from home or they work from a local CRA office, and they phone out to these businesses and they say, here's what you owe, when can we expect payment? You know how the CRA works. Sure, yeah. Apparently now the CRA is telling these employees, you've got to start going to the businesses and doing drop-in visits. Ah. That doesn't seem safe. Not when 680 people got injured just taking a census. Hi, how many people live in the household? Somebody pulled out a gun. Yeah. What the... Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's just for a cent. Yeah. This is a survey. Like, like, that's insane to me. You can't do that. I don't think it's a good idea to send government workers to people's homes. No. They should be in an office or just do the whole thing by Zoom or by phone because that does not sound like a safe idea. Uh, one more thing along this vein. 
Ontario's largest power utility, Hydro One, just reported a huge increase in its second quarter earnings. Net income rose to $265 million. Revenue up to $1.86 billion. Hydro One says the boost in profits is partly due to a hike in the 2023 transmission rates. No shit. You raised the rates and made more money. That's the grocery store formula. Raise the rates, make more money. Mm-hmm. At what point, because we're on this big green push that they're doing, which is fine. If they want to do it, they want to do it, I guess. I don't know that there's anything that can stop it. I think they're going too fast, but fine. We'll get there. I just think that when hydro companies are making that kind of a profit, we're all struggling paying these bills, which are going up. Something's not right. They should only be taking what they actually need to operate the system. There's a big problem when our our provincial hydro utilities are making $265 million a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Is anybody looking into this? It doesn't seem right, Kat. I mean, it's one thing for private businesses to, to take their piece of the pie. But Hydro One, I mean, come on. This is our stuff. Honestly. They're making way too much money off of us. And nobody and, seems to be thinking about the cost of living. And again, it's one of those, what choices do we have, right? What choices do we have? Really? Yeah, it's not like you can say, well, I'm going to cancel Hydro One and go to, I don't know, Burlington Hydro or whatever. You can't do that. It's one or the other, right? Yeah. It's like the cable companies. How many areas? Your only choice is Rogers or traditional or yeah. Bell or traditional. These territorial things where you don't have competition, not good. And that brings us to where we are now. Oh, before I get to where we are, gas went up four cents overnight. And it's going to be another big increase tomorrow. Dan McTagg says that tomorrow we will wake up to the highest gas prices in the last nine months. For some reason. Is it Ukraine? Is it the war? Ukraine war again uh, still? What or, is it? or a different excuse now? No, they have a hat and they just pull it out, yeah. right? Because they'll put up any excuse yeah. they have to. And most of us will just say, oh, well, yeah, I guess the supply chain. Oh, well. No, we have oil in this country. Let's stop yeah. pretending we don't. I know. It's so messed up, isn't it? We get, we're, we're like that nice person that just lets themselves get kicked. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just we're down and we let ourselves, we just get, let ourselves get bullied. Like it's so weird to me, our system that we have in place when it comes to gas. The entire world is taking advantage of us. They're yeah. taking our, our precious minerals for yeah. batteries. They're taking our oil. They're taking our natural gas. And we, because we're green all of a sudden, this green revolution that we're doing, we aren't saving any for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're limiting what we sell, and what we do sell goes God knows where, where they do God knows what with it. The stuff for here in Canada, heavily taxed on the Canadian people, and it makes no sense. Let's talk about what happened yesterday, because holy cow, that was fascinating. Report came out, and it I think this goes back to the last provincial election. You'll all recall, Doug Ford said, I'm going to paraphrase, but I think this is pretty close to the quote, I hear you. You don't want me to open up the green belt. I'm not opening up the green belt. He opened up the green belt to development. And the auditor general decided, I'm going to audit this. I want to see what's going on here. So yesterday, the auditor general, Bonnie Lissick, released a damning report on the province's decision to open up those protected green belt lands to housing development. Her investigation found the government favored developers that had ties to the housing ministry and overlooked potential environmental and agricultural issues in their decision to remove land from the Greenbelt and replace it with other lands elsewhere. 
Most of the blame fell on the housing minister's chief of staff. But Premier Ford gave an impassioned news conference a few hours later. He acknowledged, yeah, the process was flawed, but we had to move quick. So now it's going to come down to not who do you believe. Even Doug saying this wasn't right. Do you believe the Auditor General, who thinks maybe the police should even get involved and yeah. did speak to the OPP, or the Premier, who's saying things like, listen, nobody told us or even asked us if it was okay to let in 500,000 new immigrants this year. He said in a typical year, 100, 200,000, okay, we can deal with that. 500,000 all at once, we got to build and we got to build quick, so we skipped a few steps. Some things fell through the cracks, and that's just the way it is. Let me play a little bit of this. It was a global news reporter who asked the premier, who are these two, in particular, developers that really benefited from this? Yeah, I want to know names. I want to know names. He said, are they your friends? Uh -huh. Are they your donors? Here's what the premier had to say. No, I'm going to answer that straight up. Um, and, and first of all, I'm, I'm, okay. the report doesn't mention them by name, so I'm guessing, but I'm, I'm not friends with any of these developers. I don't sit there and go to their house and have a good time. I'm about building homes. I'm about fixing the economy, making sure we continue in the right direction to make sure people have a great job. And with that great job, they'll be able to afford a home. So I look forward to making sure that we build the 50,000 homes for 150,000 people and the families and building beautiful communities paid by the landowner, the home builder, for the infrastructure. Or were they not your friends? <laughs> well, again, I, I think I answered uh, that question pretty clearly. Hi, Fatima Syed with the Narwhal. Um, my yep. first question is for the minister. Uh, can you be clear? When did you learn what your chief of staff was doing and what was your understanding of what he had done when you presented your plan to cabinet? I, I've been very clear that uh, at the end of October, it's in the report, when I was briefed by uh, my staff, both uh, political uh, and, and both political and non-political public service. Uh, and the recommendation was uh, recommended to Cabinet the following week and, and Cabinet accepted it. It's, it's, it's documented in the report and I've, I've said it uh, many, many times. It kind of seems like they're just going to let the report speak for itself. There was a series of recommendations and the, the Premier committed to following every one of those recommendations except for one. The one recommendation that Bonnie Lissick suggested that the Premier said no to was start the process over, take away that land, and let's vet it properly to see if it should have been approved. He said, no, we're already moving on this. We're going. And can I tell you, I'm not going to be an apologist here for Doug Ford, but I certainly do understand the circumstance. There's so many people that are coming here. It's basically a free-for-all. You want to come to Canada? Now is the time to come to Canada. We're letting in half a million people this mm -hmm. year. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, where and sorry, you said that they're already, they've already started. What like where exactly have they already started? Is it spread out? So nearest I can tell, it's in the GTA. So the Greenbelt is a weird piece of land. Yeah. If, if you've never seen it, it basically goes from like the Kawarthas and it circles all the way around Cottage Country through the Oak Ridges Moraine, then down into Southern Ontario, where it wraps around and goes right to Niagara. A lot of this land, a lot of it. This protected land is not rivers, lakes, streams, marshes, where there are ecosystems and habitats and things like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about empty fields. But if it falls under the green belt, it's protected. 
So if somebody wants to develop there, they need to come forward with a proposal and say, hey, if we build here, it'll have no impact on this, minimal impact on that. Here's how many houses we can build. Here's how much it'll cost the taxpayers. And here's how much we're going to make. You see the whole proposal with environmental assessments. But the government threw out a lot of that process because they have to go quick. They've got to get these homes built. Frankly, I don't understand why we would invite half a million people here when there's nowhere for them to go. If I want to immigrate to another country, leave Canada and go somewhere else, most countries require a plan. Where are you going to live? How are you going to support yourself? All that sort of stuff. We're not doing that. They're just being invited to come here. We'll put them up for a while until there's a home for them. In some cases, they have family here and they can live with family. Or they're going to be in shelters or living in church basements, Airbnbs, that sort of thing. So we don't have the room. They say the only way we're going to get the room is to bring these people here so they can build, but we shouldn't really bring them here unless the homes are already built. It's a chicken and an egg scenario. And and I'm still not exactly sure why we're doing this in such a rush, Mm -hmm. but this is what the feds have decided to do. So Doug responded and he approved it. He's like, yeah, we're doing this. We're building homes. Here's where the problem lies. I don't for a second think that Doug Ford got a phone call from some developer and said, hey, I just bought this land in in Mississauga, and it's on the green belt. If you open that up for development, I'll take care of you. I'll grease you. I don't think anything like that happened. Okay. I honestly think that this was a case of rushing, and and I don't know what went on in the housing ministry office. They say it was the chief of staff, and the housing minister, Steve Clark, says he doesn't really know, and he wasn't really in on that part. Fine. But when it goes to the premier for final approval, I, I highly doubt He asked all those probing questions. He probably just took it for granted that when the housing minister says it's good, it's good. And he signed off on it. Now, he did step up and say, I'm the premier. The buck stops with me. And he's right. The buck does stop with him. But if you want to be that guy and have that 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 label, the boss buck stops with me, you've actually got to act on that. Nobody is going to lose their job. The project is not going to be stopped. Nothing is going to change. So there's people who say, well, if you're the one who's in charge and the buck stops with you, you either need to resign or you need to fire somebody or probably what he should do, suspend this chief of staff and invite the OPP to come in and investigate and make sure that nothing criminal happened. Yeah, that's what I would do just to try and make it look as transparent as possible. doesn't seem like they're going to do any of that. They're just going to rely on we need these houses. If you can come up with a better way to do it, fine. But right now, we need to get these houses built. And give the guy credit, they're building houses. There's cranes up everywhere putting in condos. Yeah, everywhere. Like, legit. Everywhere you go, I've noticed that. I find the the friend, whatever. I You know, it's fine. But I find the friend question is interesting, the way that he phrased it. Like, I I could say that I've had a lot of people that I would probably consider my friends. It's not like we go over to each other's house and have beer. No, but they're still your friend. They're your friend. You're not going to say it. But they're your friend. But that's fine. That's how you want to answer it. That's cool. Like, whatever. Um, Sure, I understand that it seems sketchy. The optics uh, are terrible. The optics are terrible, for sure. If people are mad, I actually don't blame them for being mad. Let's go back to the beginning here. How could all of this been avoided? Yeah. Don't break your promise. You said we're not going to reopen yeah. the green belt. And I get it. He's not the first one to do it. The liberals reopened it dozens of times to allow housing or whatever to be built. There's no reason that the Fords can't do it either, but you got to follow the process. And when you say you're not going to do it, don't do it. If you have to do it, at least do it transparently. But I'll tell you, 
the defense that Doug gave yesterday, let me play just uh, one minute of it. He is, uh, it was an impassioned speech. It was Doug at his best yesterday. Listen again. New Canadians to come here because our economy is booming. We're short 380,000 people to fill the jobs. And <clears throat> your comment about saying immigrants can't afford homes, sure they can't afford them the first year. But what they do need, they need shelter, they need a roof over their head, they need purpose-built rentals, that's what they need. But to tell me that the immigrants can't afford a home two, three, four, five years down the road, it's just, it's just not accurate. I, I talk to immigrants every single day, and there's numerous people that come here to this country to get a well-paying, got really good-paying job. They can afford to get a home and get a deposit, some might have a you know, number of family members living in the home. But to, to say that, you know, they wouldn't be able to afford a home is actually disturbing. This is but if they can't afford a home, I mean, let's be honest. It will take you years to save up a down payment for an average home in Toronto. And that's the condition we find ourselves in right now. The premier's right. It wasn't that long ago. that yeah, you could afford a home in the GTA. Not necessarily in Toronto, but in the GTA you could. Now it's completely unaffordable. I don't know if the premier has realized that, but uh, while he's talking to immigrants, he should talk to just regular middle-class people that already live here, and they'll tell you how much the cost of living has gone up. Their mortgage payments have doubled. Food prices are through the roof. You really can't afford to live here. So they're both right in that case, but he did do a, probably the best he could do under the circumstances. I just think we need to call in the OPP and see if anything nefarious happened here. And that, if the premier is right, should vindicate everybody. If something wrong happened, mm -hmm. somebody should go to jail or at least face charges in front of the courts. That's just the way it is. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal and it's big money involved. Transparency is good. I talked to my mom about this fairly regularly. I read an article in the Star the other day and it was about housing. The big thing that we all have to deal with right now. And, and what it said was there are so many boomers... In a lot of cases, divorced, separated, or widowed. Okay. That are living in three and four and five bedroom homes. That they do not need three, four, oh. or five bedrooms. My mom's a great example. My mom lives alone in a three-bedroom house. Huh. She doesn't need a three-bedroom house. And I said to her, Mom, I, I read this article, and it says you're the problem. <laughs> you're, you're living in this home that you it's right. way too big for you. What's the problem? When are you going to get out and make room for somebody? Right. Go to a, go to a condo, mom, or, or whatever, right? Well, this is what she said, and, and I hope that somebody at Queen's Park is listening because this is important. She said, I'd love to. Do you think I like shoveling that fucking driveway every winter? Do you think I like cutting the front and back grass once a week? No, I'm sick and tired of it. I don't want to clean an 1,800-square-foot house all the time. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Okay, so what's the deal? She said, and I quote, I am not going to a condo. I am not going to pay monthly. Yeah. I am not going to, when I happen to order Uber Eats, go down an elevator 12 floors to get my order. I am not going to hmm. not have any area to plant a little garden. She said, I just want the basics. She said, if they would take some of this land that they're putting condos on and just create some, like they have in Florida, for example, Senior living communities. Yeah. Little communities yeah. with small seven, eight hundred square foot houses that have a little bit of land, a little bit of land for yeah. you to plant a garden or walk your dog, <clears throat> a little driveway, 
and that's it. Mm -hmm. Just the basics. Two bedrooms in case a guest comes over, two bathrooms, that's it. That is apparently what a lot of seniors would love to have. Put in some community amenities like a park or a pond or something. If you built those types of communities, older people would gladly sell these big houses that they're living in that should, by right, go to families now. I shouldn't even really be in the house I'm in because I'm an empty nester. Mm -hmm. At this point, my kids should be thinking about moving into my place and I should be thinking about moving to a condo or a community. But they're not doing, they're not building where seniors want to go and they're the biggest owners of land in this country that could be used for families. Um, and would that be government that needs to step in to do that, to help with funding these? Because this could be owned by several different people, like developers could do it. Uh, is there not as much money to be made? Or what is the reason why we don't have? Because you, as you say this, I mean, I don't know enough about the retirement living communities. Are there not enough here? Like, no. is that a well-known fact? Yeah, we have a... Uh- Uh, Some that are sort of known for being a retirement community, but nobody's ever said, well, if you're below 50, you can't move in or anything like that. The the, uh, thing was when they said, we've got to build all these houses and we got to do it quick. Everybody just thought, okay, well, condos, that's the fastest and it's the quickest way to get the most homes built. Mm -hmm. But again, there's a lot of people who aren't willing to give up their four bedroom bungalow with a double car garage that they live alone in to move to a condo. There's got to be a little bit of variety here. And if we would please consider creating some seniors communities where they can have people their own age, they can have fun activities to do, whether it's a tennis court or pickleball or bocce or whatever, things that old people like, a little area for them to garden and shit. That's all they want. <laughs> and they'll take the two-bedroom, two-bathroom option okay. because it's going to cost them, what, two, $300,000? They're going to bank a million, and they're good. Then they will free up a ton of homes that could be used for families. Mm-hmm. But they're not getting out of those houses now. It's not, not even close right now because we don't have anywhere for them to go. And on top of that, the people who do have those nice-sized homes that don't even need to use it all, some of them are renting them out, not helping the rental business either now don't get me wrong it's you do what you want and the people will pay the money they want so it's totally fine if you rent out your basement to a family for example but it gives them more of a reason to stay if they know the rental prices are so crazy if they're making money that way yeah by the way the other thing the premier said in that that i just wanted to touch on was he said we have 300 vacant jobs that's why we've got to bring all these immigrants here that's a lie Maybe it's just an inaccuracy unintentionally, but it's not accurate. Let's see where we are in a year from now. Let's see how much the unemployment rate is. Let's see how many people are here. Because in addition to having this big need for jobs, you've got the Bank of Canada who wants unemployment to go up, i.e. people to lose their Mm -hmm. jobs. That is, they've stated they want people to lose their jobs. That's their goal at the Bank of Canada. And it's going to happen. With the rates the way they are, businesses are going to start closing. It's going to be a very different reality a year from now. And then what do we do? So we brought 500,000 people here. We have nowhere for them to live. And now we're in a recession and half the businesses are closing. So there's no jobs for them. It's so sad. This is all going in the wrong direction, everybody. Absolutely. Have a great day. Enjoy your Thursday. It's going to rain today. It's good. Garden needs it. We'll see you tomorrow in After 9. So the tomatoes that you got me, by the way. We'll do a little update tomorrow. Tell me tomorrow. Okay. Show me a picture. All right.